Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, there is any guards in this group. You can go fuck yourself as well. You have blood on your hands. You fucking uh, accommodated. And look, if they start acting the bollocks, we'll just make a load of little small groups. Have one, say, at O'Connell Street. Have one up at Grafton Street. Have one at Smithfield. They can't control us all. They can't control us all. And let's have little groups splintering off, doing what we gotta do. Seven o'clock, be in town. Everyone, belly up, towel up. And any fucking jippo, foreigner, anyone, just kill them. Just fucking kill them. Let's get this on the fucking news. Let's show the fucking media that we're not a fucking pushover. That no more foreigners are allowed into this poxy country. No fucking more. Enough is enough. As the title says, this is it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. You touch your fucking kids and this is the repercussions. And no guard, no politician, nobody is going to stop us. The game is, and we've got a terrific opportunity to see this now. And I think we have a terrific opportunity to do, for example, what Finland did, and we'll come back to that, where they introduced a curriculum in 2014, because really a lot of this. So xenophobia has gone through various phases. And the most recent phase of attacking the other and using that as a, as a political instrument came after the 2008 crash. A lot mm. of people around the world lost their homes, austerity, all those sorts of things. People were feeling vulnerable and fearful for the future. It's a bit like Germany between the wars. You know, the German people were vulnerable, fearful. You know, they they were poorer than they'd ever been. You know, they were living under the thumb. And, and so hatred was an easy sell. Hitler came along with a very simple message of redemption. We see exactly the same thing happening in Argentina at the moment. But... I think that the COVID inquiry has been an illustration of how, of how hatred has gone absolutely mainstream in the UK. It's well-funded now. It's a very easy sell. I mean, the, the Tory government is virtually dominated now by haters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what happens eventually is that the politics become cruel as well. They become gratuitous and cruel. So you hear Boris Johnson saying, let the bodies pile high. Fuck old people. So you're going to die the day. You know, let them, let them die. Rishi Sunak, who's worth three quarters of a billion pounds, him and his wife, let them die. 
a bright young trader in the city. Let them die, he's recorded as saying, and he's not denying it, and no one's denied it, which means that someone's got it on tape. And this terrible cruelty then becomes the norm. One of the most appalling things that I have seen coming out of this really appalling UK government, and it's being mirrored now in many ways by a, a pretty soulless new labour movement under Starmer. The, the, the then immigration minister, Robert Jenrick, went to um, the Child Asylum Seeker Reception Centre in Kent. Okay, This was last year. And he was absolutely horrified to see that the staff had painted murals of cartoons of Mickey Mouse and Baloo from the Jungle mm. Book on the walls. And he ordered that they be painted over. Because he said, he said this in an interview, they were too welcoming and sent the wrong message. Our priority is to stop the boats. And these are children arriving unaccompanied in small boats at Kent. you imagine the terror? No. They're arriving on their own, many of them as young as eight, nine years of age, just wee totes, like staff doing everything they could with the very limited resources that they're given by government to comfort these little ones, you know. And a home office inspection team of the facility concluded there are no, no examples of notable positive practice in relation to these children and their detention. What a horrifying thing in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. You know, that's been bestowing billions on their on their their donor friends uh, throughout the the, 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 the the COVID pandemic, taking advantage of that to make fortunes. I mean, the the well, yeah, the, well, the, the, the reality is, the reality is that no one hates Ireland more than the Irish far right. They fucking loathe Ireland. They hate bus drivers. They despise librarians. They harass and insult them and threaten them. They hate teachers. Women. Jesus, they hate women. And most of their notable notable members have convictions for assaulting them. They loathe gays. They hate trans people. Politicians. Fuck me. They, like, they have the vilest word in their mouths for them. And that critter from Kerry... He would have been badly injured if the guards hadn't protected him coming out of the doyle that day. Um, Healy Ray. Yeah. They hate working people. They hate Muslims. Jews. Jesus, don't get them started on the Jewish replacement theory and George Soros and all the rest of those assorted fantasies and gobbledygook that they spill out on the internet. You know, all anonymous, of course, all cards. They hate the GAA, nurses, doctors, the homeless. Fuck, don't get them started on the homeless. Sports people, and quite happily, will smash up their own city, loot shops, attack homeless people. This is what it is, you know. And as Matt Collins writes in his book, hate that it's transferable and it's nothing to do with politics. You know, as we said, it just exists in the mind of the hater. Politicians, women, blacks, gays, Muslims, police officers, me, you... Whoever, I mean, you should see the stuff they read about me. <laughs> I always then say, what's your name? Are you okay? You're down in the basement there. Yeah. Is thing, are things all right in your life? I said, would you not be better getting out of that basement? I'll send you a few books you should read, and then I send them various things, you know, and it's all this, you know. You know. And uh, what no, we I... need to do is 
educate our kids from a very young age on misinformation, manipulation, and how hatred of the other has been used from the Nazis to the modern far right to destabilize democracy. It's exciting. Violence is exciting, especially for young men to get involved in. It has terrible consequences for the rest of their lives if they're caught and then have to go and serve a prison sentence, etc., etc. You know, and what they did, what they did in Finland in 2014, in light of the misinformation and disinformation and malinformation that was that was starting to pollute democratic debate around the world, you know, turn people against each other, leading to violent confrontations on the street, an impossibility, Dion, to have a civil political dispute with an opponent without it degenerating into hate and violence. What they did was they introduced a curriculum hmm. starting, for, starting with five-year-olds. So their curriculum which pervades every aspect of education. Now, obviously, they highly prize their teachers in Finland. A teacher in Finland has to have a master's degree, one of the highest paid public servants. But they introduced a curriculum, which is extraordinary. They teach children about troll armies, about bots, how to spot them. They, they do PowerPoints. The kids collaborate together in class to go through information and you know they 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 look at diagrams of twitter profile pages they learn how to identify bots they look for stock photos you know they check for inconsistent translations and then they 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 they, they study deep fakes highly realistic manipulated video or audio and One of the main reasons that they launched the initiative was because at that stage it was clear that Russia were starting to meddling, were starting to meddle in elections around the world. And so the purpose of the curriculum is to teach the kids, residents, journalists, politicians, how to counter false information which is designed to sow division. And they spent a lot of money on it. And they are on every on every measure the uh, most resilient country in the world to what they describe as the post truth phenomenon. And but, but yeah, I agree I mean, we need to do things like that, but I think the problem is how quickly do we recognize the need to do those things and it goes back to the even the issue well i think we're going to recognize it now well we, we have to because it goes back and to they've the, got the model they've been doing this since 2014 well, let's, let's move quickly because as i said one of the big one of the only areas where i think you could say right there's a there's an issue in okay there's issues but so many of them come down to the same problem that is a kind of a constipated uh failure to kind of actually get things moving in certain areas to recognize issues like the housing crisis things that okay, needed to be done okay, okay. so these are the issues that need and this is something that needs to happen with this it's also the same reason it's like that you know that drew harris was saying you know we can just we can we can i think we have a remarkable opportunity coming deal i think we have a remarkable yeah. opportunity i think that you've got a grassroots movement come along it's got an opportunity with a clean slate good relationships with finland you know uh, a, a clear handle, I think, through people like Ona Bryn on the housing crisis. 
the, the rental crisis, all those sorts of things. So there's a big opportunity there, particularly with a lot of money coming into the coffers. I mean, the estimates, the estimates for the money coming in, it's quite clear now that Sinn Féin are not going to be interfering with um, corporation law and with the, with the revenues, all that has to be done. But, I mean, the, the, the thing that they discovered in Finland turns out kids don't hate other people at all. <laughs> kids, kids don't hate immigrants and they don't hate homeless people and they don't hate black people and they don't hate gay people. Kids aren't like that. Mm. They're very protective of people. They're naturally empathetic. And so what these extraordinarily sophisticated curricula have done in Finland is to allow the Finnish community to flourish. Mm. To see these fantasies for what they are and to debate political problems in a mature way and to come up with solutions, which is what they do. So it's not just called the Finnish sort of civic miracle, it's also called the Finnish economic miracle now. I mean, they take this unbelievably seriously. So um, CNN sent a team out to uh, a school in Helsinki to, to, to just spend a day with them to see how they operated. Now, in uh, the... Uh, the 10th grader social studies class, they were locked in debate <laughs> over what the key issues would be <laughs> in the upcoming European Union elections. And the students broke into groups then to analyse things like Brexit, misinformation there, misinformation in elections. They analysed what various politicians were saying. They looked at far-right politicians from around the globe one of the things they did was note the similarities between what those far-right politicians were all saying. Because it's the same message of hate, whether it's whether it's Trump or Nigel Farage or Orban or Milay in, in Argentina. I mean, he's a real dangerous and nasty piece of work. Um, they analyze all of that. They, they exercise include examining claims in YouTube videos and social media posts. They compare media bias. They, they, they look at clickbait articles and they learn. I mean, this is, this is more than I would understand. I mean, genuinely. Mm. I mean, obviously you have a set view, uh, you know, not a set view, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of protected by reading, education, all those sorts of things, life experience, a job, you know, being part of a community, all those things that are really important. A lot of these people are easily manipulated because they're living in a small nuclear community and the same messages are echoing around and around and around all the time. You've got a problem with the fucking immigrant. It's that fucking black person. You've got a problem with this fucking, there's this fucking Pakistanis. They're fucking raping all our kids, you know. So in Finland, they have created an immensely powerful bulwark against this, which allows their society to flourish because this sort of thing's really debilitating. You know, we can't be having it. Um, I don't know if you saw the, did you see the University of Bath study? Because... One of the things is, one of the, the striking facts that emerges from analyses around the world of these hate movements and how they have slowly but surely started to take over government mm. and take over society because it's well funded by dark money from elites behind the scenes, etc., etc., is that it's much easier to manipulate poorer people and people with lower cognitive ability. And I don't know if you saw the University of Bath study about Brexit. Oh, I did, I did yeah, I did. 
you know, yeah. and but uh, and I think it, you're, it's always sort of awkward because you don't like talking about people with lower cognitive ability or something. But I suppose there's a factual, there's a statistical it's factual just, sort it's of just the science backdrop. Yeah. So overwhelmingly, people with the lowest cognitive ability voted for Brexit because mm. they were, you know, they were sold the fantasy. You know, our green and pleasant land will be returned to us. You know, we'll get rid of the foreigners. You know, the fucking Germans, they're running the show. You know, um, we're going to get rid of them, the crouch. You know, we get rid of all the blacks mm. and we're going to get rid of all the fucking Eastern Europeans and the grooming gangs are going to be gone and Britain's going to be for the British and it's just going to be fabulous. You know, and horrific racist charlatans like Nigel Farage, you know. And, and, we're, and Nigel Farage is coming down the tracks in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's for sure, unless we start working very, very rigorously to create the sort of bulwarks that have been created in societies like Finland. Um, overwhelmingly, people in the highest cognitive ability, over 73%, voted Remain. And the conclusion was, people with lower cognitive ability and analytical thinking skills are more susceptible to misinformation and disinformation. Hmm. You know, and again, you see, yeah. again, that's where your education comes in. Because but if you're, but if you're discussing all these things in school, then then you and all your schoolmates you're building up entire communities who've got the tools to understand this misinformation. But you also need to you know, education is one element of it. You then also need to have media, not just social media, plugged in in a way, an alert in a way that they're still not. Like you know, I was reading. Stuart Lee was writing this weekend about, <laughs> so about Nigel joke. Farage appearing on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. And what is he doing there? Like, again, have, have we learned nothing? Uh, because people some, sort of seem to think that yeah. Farage is some kind of busted flush or something. He's, he, he's, he, he wants to be leader of the Tory party. But you can't do you know? this thing. And, and like this, this pathway taken by Donald Trump, taken by Boris Johnson, um, is 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 the well-worn pathway to to electability and when we say and we when we the one thing i would say and, and you're not doing this but like you know when conor mcgregor come, starts tweeting and everyone starts laughing at conor mcgregor or his preposterousness or pointing out the reasons why he's he a very dangerous guy he, and he's got he's got the exact personality profile and probably 20 million followers young yeah. men who are who, who 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 have bought the fantasy, you know, the guy who can walk around and punch anyone in the face and fucking have sex with any woman that he wants to, you know, uh, 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 and swagger about and sort of millions and millions, like a sort of Ireland's, like an Irish rapper almost, you know, living this uh, conspicuous life of sort of consumption and excess, you know. And, you know, one of the most horrific things that I've seen ever has been the platform that some of our media, RT, for example, have given to these Israeli apologists. Mm. The Israeli ambassador, um, Elon Levi, you know, the, 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 the Oxford-educated uh, spokesperson for the Israeli government, who have been allowed to come on our, our, our television channels and radio channels and spout the most horrific, inhumane, cruel, dehumanizing propaganda about other human beings that I've ever heard. And you're absolutely right. You know, you do not, you do not platform these people. You don't, you don't bring them to your art ish. You know, you don't invite them on your television channels 
and your radio channels. You don't give them opinion pieces in your newspaper. I mean, whenever Neville Chamberlain went to Germany, whenever the Nazi party, the Germans had uh, invaded the Sudetenland and that part of Czechoslovakia, he went there to stop war and met with Herr Hitler. And he came home waving a piece of paper saying, peace in our time. And they cheered to the rafters, you know. But all his policy of appeasement had done was to allow them to build and to build mm. and to build. Piece of paper wasn't worth it. Wasn't worth ink that was written on it. And within no time, we had one of the greatest mass murders in history, you know. And you look. I mean, I think it's. I think you know. If you, we've looked at sort of the, some of the English politicians because they're ahead of us. They're ahead of us. But let's look at the sort of things that they say. Let's look at Nigel Farage. Private prep school. Fee-paying Dulwich College, right? When he was there, the, teacher, the teachers wrote about his fascist and racist views. You know, he joined a cadet force. And on one occasion, he marched through a village at night with other students singing Hitler youth songs. This is what you're talking about. Mm. Hitler was right. And should, he, he got in trouble at school for chronically abusing and intimidating a Jewish pupil. He loathes Jewish people. Hitler was right, he said to him. He should have gassed them all. He should have gassed you all. And then this vocal National Front supporter, you know, founds the UKIP. Enoch Powell was, of course, his political hero, like Sir Jeffrey Donaldson. <laughs> he, he, he was Enoch. Farage was Enoch Powell's chauffeur. This was one of the, the most, you know, the most... A world-class racist, Enoch mm. Powell, was, you know, who talked about black people and Asians and others, you know, in the most horrific possible way. And, of course, then he had all the expense scandal. He had two million in expenses when he, was a, when he became a European uh, member of parliament. You know, he advocates the dismantling of the NHS, involved in offshore tax avoidance schemes, opposes gay marriage, you know. The sanctity of marriage was extremely important to him until it emerged that he'd had a 12-year affair with his secretary. You know, he's, on the Rus he's been on the Russian-owned Kremlin channel 20, 30 times. Putin, he says, is the leader he most admires, you know. And uh, on the eve of Brexit, he used Nazi imagery on a Breaking Point poster, you know. We're being invaded. We're at Breaking Point. If we don't vote for Brexit, our country is gone. It's like all these Irish patriots, you know, calling for Conor McGregor hmm. to stand up and lead us. Stand up and lead us. Free us, Conor. Um, you know. What I want to talk about, because you talk about them. Uh, and it's just like the Ku, Ku, Ku Klux Klan. Exactly the same as Joe, the Ku, Ku, Ku Klux let's Klan. Talk about, what I want to talk about is, because you talk about England being ahead of us in terms of this progression. And Finland example is a really interesting one about what we can do, because... You know, I've been I've I've been re I'm write, I've been writing a piece for a, a UK site uh, about racism in sport in Ireland, and I've been I was talking to some amazing people about this. I was at the Shamrock Rovers uh, Academy recently, talking to some of the guys in the academy. We're going to go out there and uh, you know meet them, um, but like these kids, you know, are the kind of modern Ireland like they're brilliant footballers they're yeah. from all different backgrounds 
Um, some of them were part of the Ireland under-15s team that when they're picked, they beat Latvia in two back-to-back matches. And when their picture was put up online, they got they received the most horrendous uh, racist abuse, you know? Yeah, because it's a very multi- multiracial team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, you know, and, you know, and Muslim guys and guys, you know, there's just an incredible team and incredible... Uh, but, you know, when they talk about it, they, they, it's funny because this is the stuff they experience online and yet their experience of the real world is entirely different. You know, the world they, they play in and, yeah. and, and live in where, you know, when I was talking to their, their friends and the team who, ha- who, aren't, who aren't black or brown and asking them, what do you do when, you know, we stand up for these guys? These are our friends. Like, this yeah. is just, this is their reality of the world they live in. But I've also talked to other people and they're saying things like, you know, you can't assume that just as, as we become, we don't know automatically become more inclusive as we become more diverse, right? And we need to work it. And this is where your Finland point is the one that we need to look at. And I got an, e- I got a, an email from somebody. I just want to read this to you. And it's a, quite a long email, but I read this uh, to you. Um, but you don't have to read all of it. No, you but you, I got it. Some, I, I'll edit some of it. I'll leave out the bits where he praises me, and I'll, t- I'll, I'll leave in those bits, and I'll take out the bits. Yeah. Where he see, cruise, see I, I, I would, I would read those bits and leave out the other bits. I know you would. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. Hi, Dion. Yeah, I, won't, I said I wouldn't give his name, joking. so I won't do that. Let me begin by saying that I've massively enjoyed the podcast as well as both of your work going back many years. I always felt that, and you can talk about this. Did if you write like this me. yourself? <laughs> oh. is, this, is this fake news? <laughs> this is, you know, this is my, you know, write a letter to yourself. When you're, when you're struggling with self-esteem, you write a letter <laughs> praising yourself. Dion, can I just Dion, say how wonderful you were? Dion, you are, you are a strong and empowering person. Uh, Jesus, hold on. My computer's just cut out. Uh, I'll go back. Let me begin by saying that I've massively enjoyed the podcast as well as both your work going back many years. And you like this bit. I always felt that towards the end, Joe was outgrowing the Sunday game. And with the depth of conversation we're now enjoying on this podcast, it's proved to be the case. Oh, Jesus. Even though I often disagree with him, I always admire his passion, honesty, and integrity. I often find myself pitying you as I listen. That's me. But your measured and considered approach balances the show so well. And I feel you bring out the best in one another. Shut up. This is, I, I didn't write this. Okay, I'm getting, I'm starting to blush and I never blush. Despite a, my, a, a hold on. Policy. Despite my longtime admiration of your work, I've never felt compelled to get in touch until now. I'm sure you won't be surprised that it's on the back of the events of last Thursday and the subsequent fallout that we are witnessing in the media online and online at the moment. It's really flown in the face of Joe's and admittedly my own sense of Irish exceptionalism that came up on the podcast recently. Along with the 2015 and 2018 referendums, I've always been so proud of how we Irish seem to reject the surge in populism and political sabotage embraced by America and the UK. Compassion and decency seem to be winning out in Ireland. I've never felt that's been more in danger of changing than it is right now, if it hasn't happened already. The main reason I'm getting in touch is because I feel your podcast is going to be such an important voice in the aftermath of these awful events. Joe rightly stands against hate. Now, this is a bit that's going to be provocative to you, but I can't help but feel his provocative nature in doing so will be counterproductive. We have to learn lessons from the mistakes of the American and British left. We can't write every single person who's against immigration off as a hater or a racist. The easy way out is to dismiss those involved on Thursday as scumbags. 
This will only drive a greater wedge. And he has oh, that in quotes. Say, we would never say that. This is only, no, I know we wouldn't. This will only drive a greater wedge between the Irish people on both sides of the debate and will do the work of the populace and sinister figures behind this movement. I truly believe that we need to collectively take a moment, draw in a deep breath and reach out a hand of compassion and empathy to those who have said and done some truly despicable things in the past well, week. Well, there's, there's the, the problem with that, Dion, is that there's not really that many people at the moment that you can you can reach your hand out to. What's happening is that the the, the haters are sort of dipping their toes in the water now. You know, they're 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 going around the libraries. They're 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 but, they're attacking sort of migrant camps and things like that. They're setting their tents. No, I understand. On, setting that. their tents that. on fire. Yeah, no, I understand. But, that. but, but my, my point is, my point is that the the only bulwark against all of that is really strong uh, education, really That's strong true. curriculum. And That's what we should do, and there are models out there for us to follow. But also, but, but, the, but when we talk, and about also, also. That you cannot have a light touch in relation to this hatred. You just can't have a light no. touch. If it breaks the law, then it has to be That's come fine. down on like, I, I, like, 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 I, like anything let me else. Finish the, let me finish this. I'll lightly, I'll lightly edit it from now on. Is, it, is to, it still not finished? We have to show that Ireland has a future for these oh, people and the society does care about them, particularly those who have been taken advantage of in the name of anger and hate. I say this as someone who was genuinely upset, genuinely upset when I saw the Rotunda advising pregnant women to stay away from the hospital, when I saw the DePaul hostel, from the hospital, when I saw the DePaul hostel and Fingless ablaze, and I saw, and this was awful, and when I saw that the Muslim sisters of charity felt they could not safely run their soup kitchen. Dean, you don't put out a hand of friendship to the the lads getting down a frenzy of excitement. It's whipped up. The messages go out in WhatsApp. They've come in from all around Dublin and from outside Dublin. You know, and it's fun. They're doing a bit of wrecking. They're doing a bit of looting. Yeah, yeah. There's an atmosphere of glee and joy and fervour. You know, it's just like football hooliganism. It's exactly what happened when, at the Senate. But when we talk about See, Matthew that Collins... Stuff, a lot of that is rhetorical. That, that email okay. is what I call a very rhetorical email. You have to have actual solutions. And well, he's know, I'm, I, So I ask you... This is me, God. the reasoned voice of the Free State podcast. We're going to cut all this out. To please remember, <laughs> as we head into an unprecedented time in our history, <laughs> that an enemy reconciled is an enemy vanquished. Right now, the point I'm going to make about this is that I don't fully, I I don't agree with that fully, for the reasons you've set out. But I also think that when we talk about it in the terms that Michael 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 Collins Matthew Collins has has talked about hate as a yeah. psychological problem yeah. then we have to be able to to we have to be looking to do what happened with but, Matthew Collins yes, but you do, and to bring you, people exactly but the way you do that is education and to logically yeah. show people that these patterns have recurred throughout history yeah they have been exploited by uh, charlatans you know political heavyweights to distract people from the real issues that beset us you know and I mean, I, I had mentioned, you know, how the British were masters of this, you know, and how, for example, one of their leading spokesmen for white purity was, you know, the famous poet and writer Rudyard Kipling. Mm -hmm. This is what Kipling wrote of India's masses. This was England's most popular writer. They have faces of dogs, swine, weasels and goats, all the more hideous for being set in human bodies, all giving the onlooker the impression of wild beasts held back from murder and violence and chafing against restraint. They are half-humans, unable to govern themselves and prone to irrational violence. You know, and, you know, these were lies and fantasies 
But what they did was they appealed to people's base instincts and they made people fear them and they made people hate them. And then the state allowed English people, British people on the, uh, 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 you know, in the empire to do whatever they liked, whether that was beheading people, you know, raping women, you know, you know, any peasant rev re revolution was put down with absolute hatred and ruthlessness, you know. And everybody, everybody who was caught up in the British Empire was an other, was someone mm. who was beneath us and undermines, and that included Irish people, and it included people in the North. And we saw this very, very recently in the North from sort of, you know, the 50s and 60s through the civil rights movement, through all the terrible oppression, you know, the shootings and all the rest of it, you know. And these, the justifications that they had for that are precisely the same as the justifications that have been used in every xenophobic mo movement in history. And, you know, when I talk about education, I talk about, you know, identifying these patterns, teaching them as part of the curriculum, doing exactly what they're doing in Finland, where they sit down, they actually spend time because it's interesting stuff. So you're One of the things they found about the Finnish experiment, which is not an experiment now, it's entrenched, is that the kids... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Kids love it. Hmm. Because it's, it's, it's investigative. Yeah. It's, in, it's, it's, it's inquisitive. You know, it excites their curiosity and their passions. 
it 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 um it sort of dovetails with uh, the youthful enthusiasm for social media and mm. online and devices etc and it teaches them it teaches them to have you know a cynical but 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 enjoyable experience on the internet you know see our kids aren't really having that now, and I'm particularly worried because I often hear friends' kids saying things like, oh, that was a foreigner, you know, oh, I'll bet you it was a foreigner, or, mm. you know. Because these messages are are, 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 are are saturating the internet now. Yeah. I mean, well, and it's such, it is, more than anything, it has been such a potent force, particularly since the deregulation of the internet and the allowing of all of this hating on it you know, for the purpose of making money for these big companies. And that's something also that's going to have to be looked at very, very carefully. But I also, but I, I, do, I think that's all fine and true, but I also do think there is, there's got to be a way somehow, and I'm not talking about necessarily, well, maybe one day, but I'm talking about the people who are out there whipped up a bit in the frenzy, you know, uh, it, like... I, I would never, I would never, never thought I'd say this, but like you know, maybe your even your own Twitter behavior is a, is an example of of how you can reach out to people. When you're when you're tweeting to these guys saying "come out of your basement," you're essentially doing that. You're saying to them, "What are you afraid of? What are you? What have you got to fear?" I always Why say, "What's, what's your name?" You know, let's, yeah, yeah. let's talk. What's but your like actual I, name? You know, I was reading a piece by Arthur Miller recently about the Crucible. You know, and the play about McCarthyism uh, and how he was. Uh, he was criticized by many people because, you know, he was told he was naive because, you know, he, he made a parallel between the witch hunts in Salem and the, the you know, McCarthyism, the hunts for communists. Oh, he, and he said, well, you know, you're so naive, Miller, because there actually were communists. You know, there were no witches, but there were communists. But he, he wrote about this and he said, and this is, again, this is a timeless and universal point. He said... Uh, it is a process as much a part of humanity as walls and food and death, and no play will make it go away. That is hysteria. When a rational terror takes to itself the fiat of moral goodness, somebody has to die. No man lives who has not got a panic button. And when it is pressed by the clean white hand of moral duty, a certain murderous train is set in motion. And that's it. And that's... And that's what I mean. There is no, there are none of us. We all know this. We've talked about this in so many podcasts in so many different contexts. Yeah. We're all capable of anything. Once you've got a boogeyman, and once yeah. once 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 you're able to sort of direct people's um, anger towards a boogeyman, you know. I mean, like one of the most striking things I think about the pre World War One history was the Aliens Act that was passed in the UK in 1905, and then the 1914 Aliens Restriction Act which was aimed at Jewish people. The purpose of it being to prevent them assimilating. So there was, you know, very, very strong, this is in the UK, mm. never mind never mind what Hitler went on to do. And so the passage of a very, very draconian Aliens Restriction Act in 1914, you know, was one of the most anti-Semitic pieces of legislation ever passed, and that was in the UK. And never mind, exactly the same legislation was passed in France. Never mind the fact that the Jewish community in France was only about 60,000 people, and roughly the same in the UK. Once you had that bogeyman, and everybody was saying, 
you know, these Jews, they can't be trusted, they're rotten, they're rats, they're subhuman, all the rest of it. You know, that then became Goebbels' playbook, Hitler's mm. playbook. Obviously, they, 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 they went sort of in extremis. But really, you know, we, 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 see, we see it around the world to this day. Like, we see what's happening in Gaza, for example. And that's an example of how you can, through decades of propaganda, lead otherwise ordinary, good, decent people. I mean, during the week, during the week, um, I saw a video of gleaming, beautiful Israeli school children singing on the, on the Israeli national broadcaster. And if you hadn't had it translated, you would have thought they were singing a delightful, happy song about how wonderful the world is. And they were singing gleefully about genocide in Gaza. And the more we kill, and we'll kill their animals, and we'll kill them all. And they were singing, like it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I saw the translation. Children. Mm. And children will only do that if they're polluted, if they're taught to do that. You know, because they say, as we saw, as we see with the Finnish experiment, as, and as we know ourselves in our own mm. lives from our own children, I mean, not my children, but like in a million years by any of this stuff. Mm. Because it's not our natural condition to hate. Hating is a very uncomfortable and distressing dystopia to be involved with. You know, it's not our natural condition. Like there are some people, I, I, I marvel at people like Donald Trump. I just don't understand how they can be in the eye of the storm <laughs> all of the time. Without a, like, there's, there's, there's no respite from it, mm. you know. And you see these people like, you know, Farage and... Now we're seeing a Conor McGregor constantly in the eye of a storm one way or the other. You know, Ireland, we are at war. Fuck off, Conor. You know, mm. don't be so fucking stupid. You know, and he's got these wee entourages and he's throwing his weight about and he has never been sent to prison. You know, the law has taken a sort of light touch around him. I mean, and I did think it was worth, so I did actually send a report to the guards about this. And I think it's worth um, just looking at what the legislation says. So it's the Prohibition of Incitement to Hatred Act 1989. This is what Section 2 says. Actions likely to stir up hatred. Okay. Hmm. And I'm talking about his tweets, um, which absolutely contributed to what happened in Dublin. You know, and, and as I say, you know, Connor himself, you yeah. know, he wasn't there. You know. <laughs> But you know that's 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 just, that, that's just you know how accidents of the diary. Uh, that, that's just it. You know he was probably punching an old person in his pub. You know or calling somebody a rat. Yeah, yeah, fuck a rat. Oh, he fucking scumbag. You know all that their stuff. You know anyway, and and getting you know getting glowing, glowing sort of responses from people on Twitter like Glow Rogan and the God Emperor. But anyway, um, the. Statute says it shall be an offence for a person to publish or distribute written material, to use words, behave or display written material, right, in any place other than inside a private residence, right? Or uh, if if it's heard or published to people outside that residence, to distribute shortly. If the written material, words, behaviour, as the case may be, are threatening, abusive or insulting, are intended and are intended or having regard to all the circumstances are likely to stir up hate. Now, I cannot think of anything more likely to stir up hate 
him knowing his constituency, than to tweet out, Ireland, we are at war. Mm. As in, lads, go out and fucking get stuck in. And the Garda should be looking at this very carefully. Public prosecutors should look at this very carefully. And in my view, he should be arrested and interviewed in relation to these matters. Because I don't know what, if any, his explanation is going to be for, for making such a dramatic and striking call to arms at a time when a small child, you know, a small, defenseless, innocent child, a classroom assistant, you know, an attacker, you know, and a couple of other kids who've been terrified out of their wits have been subjected to an incident like that. Mm. And for him, you know, for him, how fucking dare he in any civilized society for someone like that to be allowed to be a megaphone for the sort of violence that then occurred. And then, of course, and then, of course, because this is typical, Trump does it, Farage does it, you know, Braverman does it. They all do it. So you start with Ireland, we're at war, open season then. You know, I see two men were threatened with knives. Uh, they threatened with knives black and Asian members of staff at an Aldi in Ashtown. That was mm -hmm. videoed that night. You know, and so he started up Ireland, we're at war. And then he says, when it all kicks off, inevitably, Despicable Scenes last night uses two pics of non-whites looting. Mm. And that, for me, was the most despicable part of it. You know, even at that moment, he's scrolling through images to try and get two non-whites to emphasize his point. You know, and when you're being cheered on by a British neo-Nazi who's a staunch supporter of loyalist terror, you know, you, you do not have the right to call yourself an Irishman. I don't know anything about Conor McGregor that's Irish. He's a thug. You know, he's violent. He's a racist. You know, his, his attacks on, on, on vulnerable people in Ireland, absolute disgrace. And the men of 1916 would be turning in their graves. Was it for Conor McGregor, the men of 1916 died? You know, was it for Conor McGregor, Lord Edward died? Was it for Conor McGregor, the grey geese flapped a wing on every tide? Joe, we're going to end it there. Thank you. Yeah. Probably not be able to go into his pub after that. <laughs> I don't need to go into it anyway. Yeah. Dublin's fair city Where the girls are so pretty I first set my eyes on Sweet and Molly Malone As she wheeled her wheelbarrow Through the streets broad and narrow Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Crying cockles and mussels Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh Alive, alive, oh, crying cockles and mussels, alive, alive, oh. Well, she was a fishmonger, sure it was no wonder, for so were her father and mother before, as they each wheeled their barrow through the streets broad and narrow, crying cockles. 
died of a fever and no one could save her and that was the end of sweet Molly Malone now her ghost wheels her barrow to the streets broad and narrow crying cockles and muscles alive alive Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.